thing. Uh, let's turn to Exodus 20, if you have your Bible with you. Um, I think I forgot to send that to Esther. That's my fault. Sorry, it's not up there for you. Um, and let me make sure my phone doesn't turn off every one minute. And then we will begin. I forgot to do this. Okay. Um, so, Exodus 20. Uh, if you are just joining us, we're going to the Ten Commandments. And this week we are on commandment number four, which is uh, the, the commandment, or the Sabbath commandment. The commandment to rest on the seventh day of the week. So I'm going to read that, and then we'll pray, uh, and then we'll start talking about this. So Exodus 20, verse 8 through 11. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male servant or your female servant, or your livestock, or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. This is God's word. Uh, let's pray. Lord, please help us to hear your word tonight. Uh, please continue to change us by it. Show us Christ. Make us more like him. Give us greater rest in you and the message that you've given us of salvation. Help me to believe it, Lord, uh, as I talk about it. Help us each to believe it as we discuss it later. And in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Uh, okay, so let's, I want to start out doing something just a little different. Uh, we're not going to do the super awkward long pause like we did a couple weeks ago to, to think. Um, but I do want us all to just take a deep breath. Can we all do it? But don't breathe out too hard because of COVID. But take a deep breath and just relax. Come on, come on, come on, take a deep breath with me. I, I didn't hear anybody. I want us to like kind of get the atmosphere for what we're talking about tonight. I want us to, to just rest in here uh, as we talk about this. We've had a couple of like really heavy weeks in the commandments. Uh, and some of the Ten Commandments are really heavy. Um, this week we're going to take a little bit of a break from that as we talk about the Fourth Commandment, which is a commandment to rest. Uh, I don't... I don't want anybody to misunderstand. It's still a commandment, and we'll talk about that, but it's also a gift. And there is something in it that points us to Christ, actually, that actually reveals the gospel to us. Um, just by way of introduction, then, as we're still kind of steeping in the deep breath and, and all relaxing, I can see you all look calmer now. Uh, I'll just say briefly that uh, when we talk about the Sabbath, uh, sometimes there's been confusion over this in the, in the Christian church. Um, and I'm, I'm not going to go into explaining every detail of why we do it on Sunday now. Uh, but we are talking about Sunday, of course. And I do think it is the New Testament's teaching. It's the standard of my denomination and a lot of denominations and a lot of historic uh, faith traditions that the Sabbath day 
has been, uh, in a sense, transferred to Sunday, or, or that the Lord's Day, Sunday, called the Lord's Day in the New Testament, corresponds to the Sabbath day of the Old Testament. And so when we talk about keeping the Sabbath, we're talking about doing it there, uh, which is why you've grown up going to church on Sundays, right? And why that has generally been a day um, of, of rest, or at least of not going to your normal work. Um, and, and I will say, we'll talk about what's required of us, but I also want us to have our minds just already prepared that our emphasis tonight is going to be on rest. I want us to be thinking about how this commandment leads us to rest. So, um, our first point then is what I just said a minute ago. And it's this, that the, the Sabbath commandment is still a commandment. That's our first point. Uh, later we'll say the Sabbath is a gift. That'll be our second point, just two points tonight. Uh, but right now the Sabbath is still a commandment. It's a law. We've been talking about God's law. We're talking about the Ten Commandments. We spent some time the first week talking about why the law is still applicable to Christians. Not the whole law of the Old Testament, but what we would call the moral law. Um, By the way, I plan to put out um, pretty soon just a a short talk uh, along with uh, our talks from Tuesday nights. I'm going to put out a short talk on the podcast about the differences between things like moral law and ceremonial law and why we still practice the Ten Commandments, but not, um, you know, wearing clothes of only one type of fabric, right? Stuff like that. Um, so this is still a law. And as such, it's, com- it's demanding something from us, right? This command demands something from us. There's something here that we actually have to do and something that we don't do, something we've never kept perfectly. Uh, Perhaps many of us have not even really kept this well or even close to at all. (laughs) This is not overly emphasized in a lot of Protestant churches. Uh, But it is a law. It's an abiding part of God's law. It's one of the Ten Commandments, which still apply to us. So this fourth commandment, the Sabbath commandment still applies to us. And one of the things that this means, one of the larger implications of this commandment is that your time belongs to God. If you notice that this commandment doesn't just say rest on the Sabbath day. It actually says six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. Actually, what's inherent in this commandment is that our whole week belongs to God. Six days we work for him. One day we rest in him and worship him. So all of our time belongs to God. God owns our time. Often one of the reasons we don't uh, practice this commandment or keep this commandment is because Uh, we focus only on one part of it with the resting on the seventh day and we forget about the working on the other six days and we don't get our affairs in order well enough to actually be able to take time off on Sunday. But what this means is that we work for God and we rest in God. And the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord our God. This day is about him. We are going to talk about resting Um, But I'm going to 
say here just briefly, and we won't spend a whole lot of time on this. When we talk about resting on the Sabbath, we're not so much talking about just doing whatever we want. That's an error we see often with talking about uh, the fourth commandment, is that we just do whatever feels restful to us. And that's not to say you don't have time off in the rest of the week, right? God doesn't say work for 24 hours a day, six days a week, right? And that there, there's no room for vacations or anything like that. Uh, there's no uh, time for you to read a book at the end of the day or go on a run or whatever it is you like to do. But the point here is that the Sabbath is about God. Um, some people will say that recreation, right? Like uh, doing a hobby, playing games, stuff like that is not allowed on the Sabbath. I actually don't, I wouldn't go that far. Um, I think some recreation is fine. But it's important that even in our recreation, we're not detracting from what this day is about and about worshiping God and resting in God. When we begin to make this day about getting in our long run for our our training cycle or, uh, you know, homework is relaxing, so I'm just going to do the thing that actually I can't stop doing, right? We, We actually begin to undermine the Sabbath when we do that. Uh, so this is this is about God. Genesis 2, 2 through 3 tell us that God rested from his works on the seventh day, right? He finished all of his works in creation. He made everything that is. And then on the seventh day of the week, he rested. And here, it actually, uh, in this commandment, it echoes that. It says that this is really kind of the basis and the example set by God for this commandment. So it's modeled after God's own actions. And God tells us not to work on this day and not not to let others work either, but for us not to work. This day is about rest and worship. Leviticus 23 tells us that uh, the Sabbath day is a day for holy convocation. This is the day when like convocation here, when people come together to hear God's word, this was the day for Israelites when they would come together, they would hear the reading of God's word, they would hear it expounded, and they would worship, and they would put down their normal work. They would even put down um, household duties as much as they could. They would try to free themselves to the worship of God. Exodus 31 actually goes, goes on after Exodus 20 to say that whoever does do work on the Sabbath day shall be put to death. No one's advocating for that. Take that deep breath again, it's okay. Um, this is under the, the, the Mosaic economy, the Mosaic Uh, rule, the old Israelite nation, right? That this rule is so strictly put in place. But, But I say that so that we know that God takes this commandment seriously. And then we learn too in this commandment that it's also about rest for others. See, there's actually an element of justice and equity and service in this. Uh, God tells his people um, that they are not to make their male servants or female servants or sons or daughters or even their animals work 
on the Sabbath day. This is a day of rest for all people. So you can't just pass off your duties to somebody else and you can't make them work so that you can relax, right? Uh, in, in Deuteronomy 5, uh, God says, he reminds the people of Israel that they were slaves in Egypt. When he gives, sorry, in Deuteronomy 5, uh, there's a repetition of this commandment. That's what I'm talking about. There's a repetition of this commandment as, as Moses gives the law again before the people of Israel enter Canaan. And when he repeats it, he says that the Lord delivered you from being slaves in Egypt. And, and that's the reason he gives them this commandment to rest. So that they wouldn't enslave other people in a cruel way that they themselves would not be slaves, that they wouldn't return to the constant labor that they had been under. Isaiah 58 links justice and the Sabbath as well, talking about how uh, we ought to be working justice for others, and then we should be respecting the Sabbath, and the two things go together. As often is the case with Isaiah, he's talking about uh, not being hypocrites, not offering God some sort of lip service, but really in our own time doing whatever we want. No, he's saying, actually, you need to be giving other people rest. You need to be freeing others from oppression, Isaiah says, and the like. And then in Mark 3, we actually see that Jesus heals on the Sabbath. So we see that the Sabbath is not only a day Uh, for rest and worship, but also for service to other people. It's a day of freeing other people from their burdens. It's a day uh, of of feeding the poor. It's a day for uh, giving workers some time off, especially, I think, we should consider those workers in our day and age uh, who are underpaid, not well taken care of, without much defense. This is a time for us to look out and see how we can serve other people. See, in Mark 3, uh, the Pharisees come to Jesus as he sees a man in the temple with a withered hand. And he looks at them and he says, this is just after they've gotten angry at him for um, breaking the Sabbath in Mark chapter 2. And he says, okay, what about this? Is it okay to do good on the Sabbath? Is it okay to heal on the Sabbath? And they can't even answer him. They've so twisted the Sabbath around. They've made it so strict and narrow and about them and whether or not they can even try to keep the law. And, and that's really their big mistake is in making it keepable. But they, they twisted it so much that, that they don't even think it's right for him to heal on the Sabbath. And so when he says, stretch out your hand and the man is healed, they go away and try to plot against him. So we see that following Jesus' example, actually what's required of us on the Sabbath is rest, worship, and service. Now, not many of us uh, do that, to my knowledge. We're pretty bad at that as Christians. Sometimes we do, sometimes we do, but I don't think this is what our Sundays are dedicated to. And I think we need to see that this is still law. I don't want to take away from that. As we're talking about the Ten Commandments and we're talking about the law of God, we need to see that we don't keep the law of God. 
it continues to testify against us. We've never kept the Ten Commandments. Sometimes we do better than at other times. With some commandments, we do better than with others. Sure. But in the extent to which the Ten Commandments actually reach, the depth of heart to which they go, the way that Jesus expounded them in his Sermon on the Mount, we don't do that. So we're in need of good news. We're in real need of good news. God has tried to give us this gift of rest, and we haven't even done that. We can't even just take the day off. Um, we'll get there. We'll get there in a minute as to, as to how the good news steps in. Let's go to uh, the Sabbath is a gift. This is our second and last point. The Sabbath is a gift. Um, for one thing, there's, there's a certain humanity in this commandment, right? There's just a certain recognition of the fact that we're just, we're humans. We're limited. Right? Like I was just saying, it's actually kind of sad that God has to tell us to rest. We're limited. We just can't run 24-7. We can't operate like that. We need to sleep. We need to eat. We need to breathe. We need to take a day off. We're not supermen and superwomen. And, and that's not a bad thing. That's not, necess- that's not like sinful. That's not bad. This is actually something that uh, even, even was for Adam and Eve. This is just a part of being a creature. It's a day to trust God to provide for us, to take off from our normal work, to see the provision of God. Just like he provided extra manna in the wilderness for the Israelites when he told them to take the Sabbath day off. He said, don't worry about it. I'll provide the extra manna for you on, on Fridays. Get, get a double serving then. It won't rot like it will the other days. I've got this. It's a day to just be human and to recognize that we actually live in need of God. We live in need of his provision. But also, there's this. And this is good news for us. For people who have never kept God's law, the Sabbath is a celebration of deliverance. Um, Before I get to what the Bible says about the Sabbath being a celebration of deliverance, I I want to ask you guys, If it is that, why do we struggle so much with it? Why, why is it so hard to do this? Are you guys able to put your homework down on Sunday? Can you leave a project unfinished on Saturday night, even if it means you're going to take a lower grade for it? Are you able to stop watching Netflix <laughs> on Sunday and stop filling up your time with that? Or is it just too quiet for you on Sunday afternoons? What do you need to be at peace? What are things you're trying to squeeze rest out of that just keep failing you? As you think about it, you realize that the issue is actually slavery. Just like we talked about with the first commandment. 
in the second commandment. We think we're getting God or something else to serve us, and actually we end up serving our false gods. We end up serving our idols. The reason we can't keep the fourth commandment is because we're not free from the tyranny of our idols. We're not free from idols when we work seven days a week. We're not free from our idols when we can't step away from our phone for a day because we might get a text from that person or that group. We're not free. Pastors who work seven days a week, sometimes this is the position that's like most justified. And I don't mean like truly justified. I mean the one people go through the most trouble to justify for being workaholics. And the truth is they have no more reason to be workaholics than anybody else. God gets his work done. (laughs) He's been working since creation. Jesus himself said, I and my father have always been at work. He's taking care of it. Uh, For the Israelites, when they're hearing this commandment, when they're hearing God say, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery, and then they're being told to rest. And in Deuteronomy, God reminds them, you were slaves, take this day to rest. For them, the Sabbath is looking back to their deliverance from slavery. For us, the Sabbath is looking back to our deliverance from sin and death. See, the Exodus is such an important theme in Scripture. It continues to be so for Christians. It continues to be an important theme for Christians in the New Testament. This this idea of Exodus, of being delivered, it comes up in Hebrews 8, where Jesus is greater than Moses. It comes up in 1 Corinthians 5, 7, where Paul says that Christ is our Passover lamb. Both the leader and the big sign of deliverance from Egypt have this magnified effect in Jesus. He is the greater version of both of those. He is what those things were always about. In fact, in Luke 9, in the transfiguration of Jesus, Jesus, remember, he's uh, talking to Moses and Elijah. And this is when Peter sees him and says, Lord, wow, we, well, I'm glad we saw this. We'll make three tents, one for each of you to commemorate what's happening. Well, in that passage, it says that uh, Jesus' appearance is changed. And it says that as he's talking to them, he's preparing for his departure is often how it's translated in English. In Greek, it's Exodus. He's preparing for his Exodus, which he was about to accomplish in Jerusalem. He was about to accomplish his exit from here, his departure. And he was doing that for us. That is the ultimate exodus, that Jesus leads us through his death and resurrection out of sin. He delivers us, not through any effort of our own, but by his own works, by his own life and death. In much the same way that Israel was powerless to free themselves, we're we're powerless to save ourselves. And this, this... Exodus commemoration in the Sabbath, this Exodus remembrance, 
now points us actually to the greater exodus, to the freeing of God's people from sin. And it's only when Christ frees us that we can rest. In this New Testament exodus, Christ has brought us to God. And we now belong to him. We are loved by him. We are approved by him. We don't have to justify our existence with accomplishments. We don't have to fill up our emptiness with entertainment. We don't have to seek approval from professors or friends or parents or anybody around campus. We are free from slavery to sin and insecurity. In short, we're free from our idols. We're free from slavery to our idols. Because in Christ, we have everything we need. He has justified us before God. He has made us right with God. And that one relationship overshadows all else. It is satisfying and peace-giving and life-giving and enables us to rest. We've been delivered and we're not defined by other people anymore or by what we can do. We're not defined by success or failure. We're defined by Jesus Christ. So we're free from all those other taskmasters. We're free to rest in him. And ultimately, that's what the Sabbath was about. It was about this this rest that Jesus was bringing. This rest that he was always going to bring. And now he has brought it. We can be at peace with God because of the work of Christ. We can be free of dependence on other people because of the work of Christ. Free from our idols because of the work of Christ. Uh, my kids got this book recently at the library called uh, Saturday is Dadder Day. And it's pretty sweet. You know, these kids are really excited in the book. These kids are really excited that Saturday is the dad, the day that their dad gets to be home and the day that they get to play with him. Um, right now, my daughter pretty much thinks that I'm divine. I don't know why. I'm not like the most amazing parent in the world, but she just... I think, I, I hope, maybe it's just a natural sort of like stage she's going through. I don't know. But she thinks I'm awesome. Uh, my little boy likes me a lot too, but she is like, she like nearly worships me right now. Um, and it's pretty sweet. And the way that they look forward to me coming home at the end of the day, like I don't deserve this, y'all. This is not a dad brag. Um, the way that she looks forward to me coming home at the end of the day is just incredible. Like recently, uh, my wife Kirsten was, driving the kids home from picking up Jude at school, I think. Jude's our our boy. And Audrey said, uh, Mom, will Dad be home when we get there? And she said, well, no, he's at work. And if he is at home, he'll just be working from home. You know, it was like 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And Audrey goes, he's going to work all day? Like, she just can't bear that. Uh, And when I do get home in the evenings, she she literally yells, Daddy! Like every time and runs up and hugs my leg. 
and starts kissing. She will kiss my hand. She will kiss my face. She will kiss my shoulder. Like just, she's crazy. And, and the way that she looks forward to spending time with me is like amazing. It makes it a joy to go home. Sometimes it's a lot of pressure to carry, but it makes it, mostly it makes it uh, really fun to go home. And the thing about Sunday is, and the way that uh, the Lord has delivered us from sin, even from his own wrath and the deliverance that he's given us in Jesus, it enables our day of rest not only to be a day to stop and to say no. And by the way, there's a lot of power in the gospel to be able to say no. That's a power you don't have from anything else. It enables us to revel in the love of God. Sunday can be our dadder day. It can be the day that we look forward to every week. It can be the day that sets the pattern for the rest of our week where we say, actually, I am really securely founded in the love of Jesus. My father takes care of me. He approves of me. He loves me. He looks down on me and he sees his own natural son, Jesus Christ, and he's proud of me. And we get to work from that foundation rather than working to earn his approval or the approval of anybody else. When Sunday, when I should say, when we are redeemed through Jesus Christ, Sunday actually becomes this wonderful delight to us. It becomes Dadder Day. Um, let's pray and then we will stick around just a little while for some discussion. Uh, groups of four or five, uh, no, no more than five, and please try to maintain some social distancing um, or some semblance of it, and we will give it about 10 minutes after we pray and sing. We'll take about 10 minutes to discuss. So uh, let's pray. Lord, please help us to, to recognize the gift that you have given us in a day of rest. Help us to see how we don't keep it and how that means we have need of you, but also help us to see how you have fulfilled it for us and how you give us Sabbath rest in Jesus. Lord, help us to actually rest, to put down those things that um, are constantly trying to get our attention and to rest in your love, to revel in your love, and to seek you. And in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.